Are you looking for a high-quality beach and sand scoop? Are you trying to take your hunting to the extreme? How about an American-based company that stands behind their product and everything they sell? Then check out our friends over at Extreme Scoops. John has been making scoops for some time now and makes a quality beach and sand scoop to take your hunting to the next level. Extreme Scoops recently released their new sand shredder that works great in the water and on the beach. And if you're a new Equinox user, you may want to check out his Surfmaster X3 that can trap those small targets you new Equinox users are finding out there. Extreme Scoops company approach is let's do it right. So do it right, buy it once, and go to the extreme. ExtremeScoops.com That's X-T-R-E-M-E Scoops.com Hey boys and girls, we are going to talk about S&W Shooters and Prospectors. What is S&W Shooters and Prospectors? We at S&W Shooters and Prospectors help people find treasure. Did you say treasure? Yes, treasure. Just listen to this amazing review from our happy customer, Jackie Sparrow. Err, chocolate ship shape, and a pleasure to deal with. I was able to buy everything that I needed at prices that were shillings less than others. I found my nine pieces of meat in no time. Savvy? I know you're asking yourself, why should I shop at S&W Shooter and Prospectors? Chuck Smalley has over 45 years of metal detecting experience. He works with each customer one-on-one -on -one to customize their setup to match their skill level. So if you always dreamt of being a pirate, Arr. contact Chuck at S&W Shooter and Prospectors and he'll take a great deal for you. I pass rum, not included. Caution. Please do not operate motor vehicles or power equipment while under the influence of this show. Listening to this show could cause side effects such as bouts of laughter, violent binges of cabin fever, and even dreams of silver and gold. Please be advised. Now that the fine print is out of the way, on with the show. All right, <clears throat> we're back, we're live once again, you are listening to Beyond Sight and Sound Metal Detecting and Treasure Running Radio for all the really cool digging people out there, and as I look into the chat, I see there's a bunch of cool digging people out there, hmm, the Bills are in, Barb, um, Bortners, Chuck, Scott, Dennis, Janet, all sorts of people. Well. Let's see. Alright. Links in the chat in the description. Our friends over at Shooters and Prospectors, AIP, Extreme Scoops, Detectives, the Ring Finders, Snook, the website, Terry Shannon's website, Midwest Refineries, Mine Lab Manicore Update link. Uh... Metal Detecting Beyond Sight and Sound, Metal Detecting Central Illinois, Illinois, uh, with Treasure Hunters, Relic Hunters, uh, 
All Metal Militia, Detect That Outdoors, and Detect America, all on Facebook. If you're into the Facebook side, if you're on YouTube, there's Crazy Spider Adventures, Ohio Metal Detecting, Detect That Outdoors, All Metal Militia, Quarter Quarter Hopper Hoodlum, and Ill Digger. And that got everything out in, yeah, everything out quick. And we see that Frank's in, Jason's in, um, everybody's dropping in. <clears throat> now, obviously, Sunday, we had quite a few people call in, quite a few, uh, Interesting stories to mull over. And it was, uh, it was a good time. Who's going to be the winner? We don't know. And tonight we will uh, allow the spooky story competition to continue. As long as my phone lines work, I don't know. I'm not sure if they're doing what they're supposed to or not. I know I did get hit with some sort of uh, some sort of Skype update right before the show. And sometimes, when you're hit with that Skype update, um, it doesn't necessarily go well for things. But I, I had to uh, dump my lines earlier uh, because I know I was having issues with my lines, basically, as we were going live. I know Chuck was trying to call in, and... I had to, to dump lines and reset everything while the bumpers were playing. Talk about multitasking. So that's what I've been doing over here on this end. And it seems like maybe, just maybe, the lines are working properly because we've got Chuck in with us now. How's it going, Chuck? Well, you said they weren't. It kind of went, it rang and dropped me. Yeah, I, so you I said you might have issues, so I thought I'd try and call in now. Yeah, I saw you were you were trying to uh, come through, and I don't know what the issue was. And I'm going, uh-oh, this is not a good way to start this, uh, especially if we've got other people planning on calling in to share stories. So we'll have to see how this all goes, and, and hope everything works okay, I guess. Because uh, I know that, um, well, see, now there, somebody tried to call in, but I didn't get to it in time. So the lines are working. I was just distracted by a squirrel on my screen and had to take care of that real quick, and by the time I realized what was going on, that call went away. I'm not even sure who it was. Maybe a 603 area code? Oh, I have not call back. Well, I'll see who it is this time. Okay, so I'm a little dyslexic tonight, too. It's a 630 area code. <laughs> and we've got 630 area code on with us. Who do we have? 
This is Brad Monix. Brad. So I have, uh, yes, uh, first time caller. Uh, hey, Mom. Been packing for about two months. So oh. Listening since then. Wow. Okay. Well, two, hopefully, I've, I've got you're two stories for you. Hi, okay, can you hear me? Three. Yes, we can hear you, but you're going to have to wait. There's another caller on. Sure will. All right. Okay, go ahead, Brad. All right, so I got two stories, if that's okay. They'll they'll be under the eight minutes. Okay. Okay, so the first, so the first story, a um, little backstory really quick. Uh, we were moving to Champaign, Illinois, and we I, we lived in Wheaton, Illinois. My my daughter and my wife had to come early, so they left two months before because my daughter was starting kindergarten at Judah, so they had to get here. So I was at home packing. So one night, late, I was still packing. I didn't go to bed till like 12.30. Late in bed, and I remember looking at an alarm, and it said 12.30. So then I fell asleep, and all of a sudden, I, and I, realized, I now realize it was my dream, but my eyes opened because the door of my bedroom opened and I remember my door was closed and I looked at the door and there was a man, a woman, and I couldn't say anything. I was trying to like talk, but I couldn't say anything. And then I saw on the floor, there was this boy who was crawling and they were just looking at me and he crawled to my bed. I was still, was trying to scream and I couldn't scream at all. And he crawled underneath my sheets and crawled onto my chest. And I was still trying to scream. I could feel his weight, and I could even feel his breath. And they're still just staring at me. And then all of a sudden, he stared at me and said, don't worry, this will be quick. And he pulls a knife behind his back and stabs it into my chest. I can still feel, I could feel like it going in my chest. And instantly, I woke up. The the little now boy? The yeah. Now, wow. the scary part was, in my dream... I realized now that I had sleep paralysis. So I woke up, I was completely sweating and I still couldn't move. So I had to sit there for what seemed like 30 seconds or like minutes, but it was probably only like 15 seconds. And needless to say, I uh, got up, turned on the lights and I was like, Nope, I'm done sleeping. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm up the rest of the night. night. Let's pack yeah, and no, go I, quickly. I ended up playing games for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can understand. The worst part, the worst part was I just couldn't even move after the dream. Wow. Now, did you try to but, do any backstory? Had there been anything like that that happened in the home? No. No, it was, I, we lived in an apartment, so. Oh. But no, I, but yeah, it was just, yeah, it was freaky. I mean, I've had, and I've had sleep paralysis once before, but nothing that sinister and I mean, I literally woke up just complete ball of sweat, and I had goosebumps all over. I mean, I'm I'm getting goosebumps now just saying it, and that was three years ago. <laughs> right? Yeah, I can I can understand that definitely. Yep, I can definitely and understand that. The other story was last year I was working second shift, so we got out at twelve thirty, and I worked right. in Rantoul, Illinois. Uh, a decommissioned Air Force Base. And I have to, to get back to 57, heading south towards Champaign, I had to go through these literally uh, about two blocks of cornfields. 
And it's even in the daytime, it's kind of creepy. So I'm driving there at 1230, you know, heading home. And there had been deer crossings. So we had been kind of, you know, taking it really slow there because you don't want to, you know, hit a deer or anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm going really slow there. And then all of a sudden, literally, I look to my left and the road is really small. So like literally, if you two cars went past, you had to get off the road. And I look and this lady's walking out of the cornfield. And she's got her head down. She's kind of like leaning, you know, moving back and forth. And she's got like a, a white bag. And I'm close enough, you know, I can see her. So, and she had like a, like a, an old, like more like a house dress, but an old style house dress. And I'm just like, okay, that's kind of creepy. But I'm like, I don't know where she's going to go. So I stopped my car. And then she literally just looked at me and pointed at my car. And I'm like, nope. And I just floored down there. <laughs> I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> And I looked behind me, and she was just walking up the road. I'm like, okay. Right. And <laughs> what I didn't catch your last name. What did you say? Womax. W-O-M-A-C-S. Womax. W-O-O-M-A-X? W-O-M-A-C-K-S. Womax. Wow. And actually, I got permission to metal detect at the base, so it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, very cool. So. Definitely, and oh, apparently yeah. you've been listening to the show for a while, so that's that's cool. And yeah. uh, what a way to start off this episode with the <laughs> the sleep paralysis and, and the, wow, that's, yeah. that's a little spooky. <laughs> that's a little spooky. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, thanks for the call, and you've got yourself you a good morning. Thank you. All righty. Yep. Thanks. And I believe Later. that may be Janet that's on yes, with it us. Yes, <laughs> All right. Hi, Janet. Hi. Hello. Are you ready for my story? <laughs> sure. Okay. Fire this away. happened... About 13 years ago, Jack and I had just moved back from New Mexico, and we were staying with my brother and my sister-in-law. And they, their home was probably built in about 1850s, and it was an older home. And she had always told me that she felt like somebody was always watching her, and things, you know, became, became missing. And then they would find them one or two days later. Well, you know, I didn't pay that much attention, you know, because I never really stayed there with them. But this time when we moved back, Jack and I were with them for probably, oh, about a month and a half. And uh, this happened on a Saturday morning. I had gotten up. I was the first person up. And I thought, I'm going to put on a pot of coffee because everybody will be waking up. And I had walked into their dining room and almost at the kitchen door when I felt like the hair on the back of my neck was just standing straight up. And it was like somebody was watching me. So I thought I saw a movement in the corner of my eye on the right side, and I turned my head, and there's this lady standing there. She's got a long dress on, 
a white apron, her hair was in a bun, and her arms were crossed across her chest. And I just said, good morning. And I just went into the kitchen, and I stopped just dead in my tracks, and it's like, did I see what I thought I saw? Right. And I thought, no. (laughs) Yeah. So I backed up, and I looked. Nobody was there at all. And my brother had gotten up, and he was coming into the dining room, and he told me, good morning. He said, who are you talking to? And I looked at him, and I said, nobody. (laughs) And he goes, yes, you were. He said, I heard you say good morning. He said, who are you talking to? And I went, "Um, I think it was your resident ghost. (laughs) He said, you're (laughs) kidding me. And I said, no. I said, there was a woman standing there. And he goes, oh, my God. He said, nobody has seen her. He says, you're the only one that has seen her. And I tell you what, it just freaked me out. Jack and I were gone within a month. <laughs> so so your brother had apparently had the impression, he's not seen this apparition either, but he had the impression that it was a feminine spirit. Right, uh-huh. Wow. Right. Yeah. <sighs> I guess the people that owned this house um, in the neighborhood uh, was a lot of railroad workers. So the family that owned the house, they lived upstairs, which had five rooms, and then they rented the downstairs out to railroad workers. Wow. So they had a lot of people, you know, coming and going, and I guess they had extra help, and I don't know if this was the lady that owned the house that I saw or somebody that worked there, but... Let me tell you, it really kind of freaked me out. Right? <laughs> and it still raises the hair on the back of my neck. <laughs> oh, is that house still standing? Yes, it is. And it's, you know, I've metal detect uh, in the yard. I've never found anything. Their basement is an old dirt basement. In fact, the kitchen Ooh. is just built on the dirt itself. Well, it was Ooh. added on, I guess. And um, my son and I, we have metal detected in that basement like crazy, but we've never found anything. Just you know, like maybe lantern parts and uh. Uh, stuff like that, but no coins or anything. Wow. So, but that that was the only time, you know, and even my sister-in-law, she had never seen her. But Well, she, let me you ask know, you she, this, did when you looked up and saw the apparition, did she seem kind of vaporous or was she solid looking like almost somebody solid? Just yeah, almost almost solid. But the you know, she was wow. just standing there and just staring at me. You know, and I and just out of habit or whatever, I just said, "Good morning." <laughs> and I just took a couple of steps, and I was into the kitchen, and that's when I just stopped. Completely. That's when it clicked. Wait a minute. Uh huh. Yeah, and I backed <laughs> up, and I was almost afraid to look to see if she was still standing there. Right. Yeah. What do I do look. at that point? <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't nobody there. 
you know. Well, but could have been my, worse. And like she I said, my brother replied. came in right behind me, and he asked me who I was talking to. What would you have um, done if she had replied? Oh, probably <laughs> crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I probably would have been out of there right then and there. <laughs> Right. Yep. I'd I'd have been out of there and called Jack from down the road. You can leave whenever you're ready, but I'm gone. (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) (laughs) But the house is still standing. You know, my brother and my sister-in-law, they have sold the house since then. And the house is still standing. And she told the people that, uh, that bought it, you know, that they might be a resident ghost and they you know things will come up missing and then maybe a day or two later they'll be right back where they were so sometimes that's a selling point for houses you know people are more interested in it because of the allure that it could be possibly not for me but maybe for somebody else but then there i mean when when your uh brother and and sister-in-law moved did they have any strange things happen at the house that they moved to because sometimes you hear of cases where if a house is haunted and you move they move with you right no they never did say hmm interesting yeah yeah i mean that that's spooky too we've had a couple good ones tonight you know our our experts gonna have a tough time yeah i mean people people were bringing in the stories uh you know, Sunday, and I, I was like, well, everybody's going to have to be on their A-game this next time around or something, but they're, oh, they're definitely I know on the ball. you really have good stories being called in. Yeah. yeah we're off well, to a heck of a start you're tonight. All, you've all had good stories. Yeah. Yeah. Going to make it tough on him. It is well, going to be tough. thanks, guys, for listening to me. Thanks hey, for calling no, in and sharing the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's going to be tough. Uh, I mean, there there were a few stories Sunday that I thought, "Wow, you know, that's mm. that's something else." But I know I loved Celeste. Her story. Oh my God, the bag of bones. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that gave me the creeps. <laughs> the cloth in the Bible. Right. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Hmm. Eerie coincidences? Maybe not. Well, thank you. Thank you, Janet. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Janet and her apparition. But she talked with. Yeah, yeah, could have been worse. I mean, she could have got a response. Or, you know... Who knows? The apparition could have pulled out a butcher knife and tried to stab her, like uh, and Brad. And the thing is, is you know, her brother asked her who she was talking to. Most most brothers would look at their sister and go, "Well, she finally lost it." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'd have done. I went, you know, I I knew years ago you were certifiable. You didn't have to try to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's pretty cool. Good stories. Yeah. Who's next? And here I I didn't I wasn't sure if we'd have many people calling in to share stories tonight or not, but uh Brad just, you know, came out of the the wild blue yonder and 
dropped a bomb. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they had a good one. So. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he's, I guess he's been listening to the show for a while, but that's the first time he's ever called in. I didn't recognize the voice or anything, so. Nope. And I'm, I, I hate to say it, uh, and no offense meant, but I'm not sure if I recognize the name either. No. But apparently he's from somewhere in Illinois. Yeah. Just by... Goes by sort of... S-W-R-D-O-F-A-S-L-E. Sword Fossil? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Oh, in the chat? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's even in I the chat tonight. Up there. Oh. Okay. I didn't realize he was even in the chat. So that's, yeah. That's Good cool. Dad. Welcome aboard, man. Yeah. Uh, you, <clears throat> you just never know you know, what topic or or what guest or anything like that is going to bring in that uh, that next new listener or whatever. And I've had people that they just all of a sudden randomly discover the podcast on their own, not necessarily mm -hmm. hearing about it from anybody else. And then next no. thing you know, they go back and start binge listening to previous episodes because... Uh, I mean, we, we, <laughs> there is, oh, let me, let me see if I can find that real quick. Um, mm, let's see. I, I normally see it before the show, but, uh, I don't know if I've checked that recently. And then wow. Spreaker, Spreaker's done some sort of an update. Spreaker's done some sort of an update, so I can't necessarily find it right now, right off the, uh, right off the top of my head or anything. And I'm not, I'm not real sure. Yeah, I did, I did think that I had seen that Sunday. So, with that in mind, tonight, actually, <laughs> if people do binge listen to episodes on Spreaker, <laughs> tonight marks 800 archived episodes on Spreaker. Well, well I know I have talked with listeners from All America's over the world. Hawaii. England. Of course, right. Canada, Alaska, Guam, uh, yeah, Guam. Uh, it's uh, Puerto Rico, Germany, Costa Rica, yeah. and I know that there are listeners that hit the archives in, <laughs> oddly enough, Asia, China, Japan. I don't know when they're hitting them, but they're they're hitting them. Australia. Oh, it's a fun thing to get a phone call. The first time I got the phone call from two gentlemen in America, Samoa. Oh, yeah. And I was really 
nervous about shipping them to them. Not so much that everything worked, but it was just making sure it got there. And that was a timely shipment. <laughs> it took a while. Yeah, it went halfway around the world. Up, and they they enjoyed the show. They enjoyed detecting, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that one, I I remember that call. That was interesting when they're like, "Well, you're you're the dealer we hear hear about. You're the guy that we want to deal with." And that was fun. Yeah. And it was fun. That uh, that's interesting stuff. And occasionally I'll get some emails or something saying, "Hey, we listen to you with with that with Josh on detecting beyond sight and sound," and it goes from there. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And every now and then I'll just get that uh, random message out of the blue from somebody that. You know, hey, keep up the good work. We really enjoy the stories that we hear or the stories that the guests have to share or, or this guest or that guest or whatever. And It's uh, it's nice to, to get that uh, positive feedback from time to time. Yes, it, well, you're on all those different podcasts through the system. Oh, yeah. So, I, I can't no. even... Yeah, I can't even keep track anymore. I mean, <clears throat> people people will send me messages and and I'll be like, I didn't even know you followed the show or anything. Oh yeah, yeah, we listened to you over on this or that, and okay, I didn't even know the show was over there, but all right, and I do. I I show up in places that I don't even know I'm there. <laughs> it's it's that bad at this point i mean there's iheart itunes fm play pod beam uh pod page uh amazon uh i think i don't know there for a while before google restructured i think we were even on google podcast i don't know if we still are or not but yeah all over the place we're everywhere I've heard so many comments about uh, us talking with different characters that call in, and Barb being one of them. She's a character, all right. Yep. <laughs> and we do have the link for the Kids' Great Metal Detecting Christmas giveaway in there, too. We do, and that's starting to... She's getting stuff in. It, it, she says it's starting to look a lot like Christmas, so that's a good thing. Right. Yep. Oh. That's that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tim says at least you people have a choice. I have to listen to him all the time. <laughs> but actually, she's fibbing. I think she's got selective hearing. Yeah, well. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you yeah. kind of have to. Well, that gives us what? Would we have a total of what? Uh, eight. And we had about ten people with good stories. Eleven, actually. 
Yeah, so far, and and the lines are open if anybody else wants to call in and share theirs, because we'll, we'll let it run through tonight, too, and oh. then hopefully, as long as everything goes well, uh, Sunday, we'll be able to announce the winner, and we'll have a special guest on when we announce that winner, and... Uh, you know, we'll hear about some of his experiences in the hobby and probably a few spooky stories of his own. And yep. I still say as long as as long as we can get that done, if people haven't watched the Netflix series from last fall, Twenty Eight Days Haunted, our guest was actually on that show. That yes, series, he was Twenty Eight Days Haunted. So oh, I just message on the chat there. I better watch it. Oh, mm. who was the message yeah. from? Pam. <laughs> oh, oh. Ooh. Well, and we've got uh, <laughs> we've got the pirate on with us. <clears throat> yes, I had a mini and a mini horde delivered by Dell Courier. Never heard of them. The name sounds vaguely familiar. They must be international because it was Dell Courier USA. Uh, usually, when I get stuff from her, which recently I got some, it comes DHL. That's right. who it was. Okay. It was in I was going to say, are you sure it wasn't DHL? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dyslexic. What can I say? Uh, but they sent me a text, and I seen it and just, like, poo-pooed it. And then yesterday morning, I went, did that say Nocta? And so I went and found yeah. it. Yeah, and because I was like, oh, when, when, Nocta, when Nocta ships with DHL, they, they have to have a, a mobile number because you will get a notification with tracking information and all of that when those items ship. Well, I poo-pooed it, and then uh, it was like a day or two later, I checked it, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to tell him, yes, deliver it, and I'll be here. And uh, a couple hours later, I get a text uh, Out saying, for delivery. No. Oh, your delivery? Courier is, your courier is one stop away from you. And it showed them in Forest Hill, which is about four miles Yeah, but miles you're away. out in Booney Booney Land, so one stop away from you could be half a day's drive. <laughs> it said between 5 and 7, and he came at like 5.03. Wow. Nice. Where if it was, you know, uh, USPS, it would have been 7.03. The next day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I packed up the F-75 in the box. I found the owner's manual. I got the receipt from Treasure Tales that I wanted. Um, So it should be under warranty still. And so three detectors all packed in, except I hate the mini hoard. In the mini hoard, it has that plastic. And I can understand. Either breaks away and drops in or it collapses. Yeah, it's, it's tough for them to... I mean, not that the detector gets damaged, but it's tough to get the packaging there without it being damaged. 
Well, what I'm going to do is I have tons of cardboard because I take apart frames. And so I'm just going to tape cardboard over all the plastic. Right. There you go. And then, and then wrap them in brown paper. And I always write on it, you know, the prize number. So this way I can wrap them in advance. <laughs> there you go. And, but I have another scary story. And I'll try to make it quick. But I think I have two and a half minutes left. All right, won't get you a second entry, but go ahead. Well, Brad got to tell, too. It didn't get him two entries. Yes, you can give us a second (laughs) one now. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so I was probably 18 or 19, and it's wintertime on the island. Back then, maybe 10,000 people lived there. And I had gone out, and I said, I got to go home. I got to work early. So it was like 9 p.m. And so I'm coming down the beach road and, you know, there's nothing there. There's a pond on the left and the ocean on the right. And I had to go to the little girl's room and I'm going, "Mm, I don't know if I can make it another mile and a half home. So I pulled over on the side of the road, no cars coming either way and did my thing and got back in my little, it was a little Ford pickup and I'm stuck in the sand and I can't get out. So I sat there for five, ten minutes, and no cars are coming. And I said, well, I guess I'm walking the rest of the way home and grabbed my purse and locked the car and head off down the road. And I'm thinking, you know, the next house, Heart Haven is like all rich people's summer homes. And there's one house, maybe a quarter mile, half a mile away, that somebody lives in year-round. After that, it's probably three-quarters of a mile after that, that the next house somebody lives in year-round. So I'm like, okay, well, I can make it to that house. So I'm just walking, taking my time, walking in the middle of the road. The street lights are on the left, and the houses on the right are on the beach, so it's just trees there. And I start hearing footsteps on the right-hand side. There's a bike path on the left-hand side that's separated from the road by a railing made out of old telephone poles. And the bike path is on the other side of those. And then there's a split rail and the golf course. And so I start walking faster, and the footsteps start walking faster. And I thought, okay, it's time to run. So I had three-inch heels on, so I took my heels off and jumped over the telephone poles onto the bike path and just lit running. And the faster I ran, the faster they ran. I mean, there's no sounds out there except me running in bare feet and somebody running in the woods on the other side of the road. And I'm thinking, I'll never make that house. It's going to be two, three tenths of a mile up the road. And I've just run as fast as I can. And then I couldn't hear them. And I think, oh, God, they're they're on the road now. And I just happened to look up to the left at the country club, which is closed in the winter. And there is a car parked there with the inside light on. And... I jumped that fence and I threw my shoes under a bush, jumped the fence, running as fast as I could and ran up and I'm almost to the window when I realize it's people I know. And I just pounded on the window and 
at that point, I think they were more scared than I was. And I was just screaming, let me in, let me in. Somebody's chasing me. And they wrote down the window and like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I told them what happened. And so they took me back to my car and we got it unstuck. It was, if it had been an automatic, I would have put it in drive and pushed it, but it was a standard. So kind of hard to put in drive with the clutch. And we got it out. The scary thing is I knew exactly where I threw my shoes under what bush. And the next morning I had to work at like four o'clock in the morning delivering papers. And I stopped in the morning and my shoes were gone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it really, it really made me mad because they were my really favorite pair of shoes. Yeah. That's always no, the case. No luck. It, that's it. I just figured since no one else was calling in, I'd call in. But I was very scared. It, Anybody else scariest... is welcome. Right. Right. Well, it yeah, was... those type of things scare the bejesus out of you. It's only because in my mind, you know, I'm going, in my mind, all that I can think of is how far I've got to go to get to that house. And am I ever going to make it to that house? Right. Uh-huh. And Pam and, and Kelly are that, in the house. And ah. if no one, if no one was at that house, it was a long, long way to the next house that somebody lived in. Yep. Well, you were glad they didn't catch up with you. Yeah, I was stupid. <clears throat> I should have, you know, I should have carried a tire iron or you know something with me from the car. Well, and and I guess at least after that, you didn't have to worry about them chasing you too much, because I imagine it's awful hard to run in the woods in three-inch heels if they took your shoes. Yeah. I was really (laughs) mad. (laughs) I I conned those shoes off my sister. Maybe it was her chasing me. (laughs) Right? I'll get them shoes back. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You never know. So, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you, Josh, since no one's calling in? Hmm. I don't Ooh. know. I don't you know. You don't know. There, there's, there's been, I guess, I guess in a sense, you, you could say I can't necessarily really think of anything right off the top of my head. I mean, there's been things I've been around that have scared the living daylights out of other people, but mm-hmm. not so much. You didn't see it. Not so much for me. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, there there were some things that I could see, but uh, like I can remember being out in the middle of the country one night and thought I heard some noises from an abandoned property. And it was a property that I was familiar with anyway, uh, because we used to do a lot of uh, hmm, urban warfare exercises out there, we'll say. No. And uh, so I kind of, you know, crouched down under some cover and thought I saw somebody moving around. I thought, okay, well, what's what's up with this, you know? Maybe I better 
reposition myself, get a better vantage point. And for about the next hour and a half, I'm basically playing hide-and-seek, so to speak, with about uh, five unknown individuals. Mm. And I wasn't sure who they were. And still to this day, have no clue who they were. But uh, the next the next day, next afternoon, I go back because, <clears throat> like I said, I am very familiar with the property, and I want to see if anything's been messed with, anything's changed, anything's moved around. And you know that this little this little spell of hide and seek with these people went on for about a tenth of a mile. Hmm. And the next afternoon when I went back there, <laughs> there was a pentagram burning into the floor of the barn. Ooh. Weirdos. So, who knows? I'm not real Cam sure. Cam has a remembrance for you. How about the bat, Josh? Hmm. Well, I think that spooked everybody else more than it did me. I mean, I Ooh. was out... I was out fishing, and uh, all of a sudden, feel this just little bit of warmth in the center of my back, and it starts to grow. (laughs) (laughs) Bats are actually warm to the touch, for those that don't know. And uh, I, I start to get up nice and slow. There were two people sitting behind me, and they're like, what are you doing? Because I was starting to stand up and starting to pull my shirt off real slow. And they're like, what are you doing? I said, there, you know, there's something on my back. Oh, there is not. I said, I'm, I'm telling you, there's something on my back. I felt it land on my back. Well, we were, we were sitting right here. We didn't hear or see anything. And one of them finally turned on a lantern and picked it up and there was a bat right in the middle of my back. Ooh. Warm to the touch. It liked you. <laughs> yes, Janet Chapman yes, has did. the best say. Yuck. <laughs> and we've uh, got someone else on to share a story with us, I think. Okay, oh, cool. I'm going to go then. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Right. Bye, Barb. Uh, hello, Miss Kelly. Hello, good evening, gentlemen. I'll take your word for the warm bat stuff, by the way. Oh, it is. You know, uh, try it. No, no, hey, no, Shelly, how you doing? Hi there, Chuck Smalley. How are you doing? Real good, sweetheart. What's been going on? Stand out of trouble? No. Bad a girl. Then you're not bored. Well, you Never. know what they say. If you can't you be good, be good at it. You got a story for us? Well, I, I, I need, I was going to ask to have a spooky story quantified. I get scared to death of everything. So I have a story from when I was younger. <laughs> okay. where I, I'm, I'm scared to death of everything. I don't watch. Uh, there was a, a Verizon commercial with the twins from um, The Shining that I had to turn off. <laughs> when they when you watch the wedding singer <laughs> when you watch the wedding singer there's a part where they have Freddy Krueger 
I, um, the kid dresses up at like Freddy Krueger. I can't watch that part in The Wedding Singer. So literally oh. everything scares me. Everything. Oh. So I was at my babysitter's house. I believe I was maybe 10 years old. It was winter. Sorry. And I was falling asleep and they were watching Salem's Lot, which oh. is a apparently a terrifying movie. I didn't actually watch it, but it kind of got into my subconscious. So I, a couple of weeks later, um, my dad built a ranch house into a mountain. So our windows on the one side of the house were almost equal with the driveway. There's one part in Salem's lot where um, a demon comes up in the fog in the window. Um, so my father had just purchased, um, I don't know if you remember, an Econoline van. Yeah, there was oh, a yeah. Fog, yeah. Right? It was super quiet. It was brand new. And I didn't know that he was going out on a fire call. Chuck, you'll appreciate this. Okay. He was a fire marshal from Morris County. So I was in the bathroom um, having a having a constitutional, having a chat with myself, reading a little bit of uh, literature. And okay. the windows are the, the windows are as, as even as with the toilet. And my dad, when he would go out on fire calls in the winter, would put on his – he was a pipe fitter, a steam pipe fitter. So he'd put on his dark blue Carhartt. Uh-huh. And it was, it was freezing cold, so he's, it's dark, and he's in his car horse. It's zipped up. I didn't know he started the van. Disembodied he had a, head. A, a, <laughs> his head covered because it was cold, and the van smoke was billowing up in the window, and he came, and he knocked on the window. And I... <laughs> <laughs> I shat myself gratefully on the toilet already. Um, well, at least you were in the I right spot. Can... I was. I it was situational awareness. <laughs> yes, you were. I get scared at everything. Everything. Hmm. I did. I did also drop my children off at a psych- uh, psychiatric hospital, and locked the doors and drove away <laughs> because they weren't going to be scared because they were not scared like their mother, but. I brought them to Greystone in New Jersey. It's a famous psychiatric hospital, and um, they got out to take a picture, and I locked the doors, and I left them there. That was payback for all the times that they they love to scare me. They love to scare me. Oh, yeah. People that scare easily, people love to scare them. It's it's great entertainment. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And raising four boys, I can tell you that they took (coughs) pleasure in Oh yeah, on a regular basis. Yeah, they they were the kid with the magnifying glass on top of the anthill. Oh mm-hmm. lord! Wow. So I don't know if mine's just so much a scary story, other than I get scared to death on the regular. Well, I scared the heck out of you. That's spooky enough, right? There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep, sir. There you go. That works. So when does the voting you know, Shelly, you should have never told me you're, you get scared easy. I was debating on whether or not I was going to tell this on your show, Justin. <laughs> I will tell like, you that knows. next summer, I think. Frank I will know, remember Frank this. Scooter knows and, Gosh, and the Fortner Also knows. knows. And if he shows up, you're in trouble. I know. <laughs> we won't scare you bad. Probably not well, at nothing, all. Nothing can scare right. me. Nothing's worse than uh, the PA relic hunter is giving me that uh, carrot soaked in jalapeno juice as a joke. Oh, nice. That was bad. They like to pull tricks on me. It's okay. 
I can take it a little bit. <laughs> okay. Notice wow. he said, we won't scare you bad. <laughs> and All right. There's also somebody online here just typed up. He's taking notes. I'm not going to mention Frank's name. <laughs> thank you because i can't see the chat so thank you well you know we try to do what we can give you a heads up uh, <laughs> well i'll tell you what i've got a story about being scared by something i took white the wife years ago we married a couple of years we went to see jaws right okay and and jill's reactions in movies are sometimes pretty gr graphic to the scene that scares her. Mm -hmm. And the first time, you know, where the Jaws comes up and he turns with the classic line, we're going to need a bigger boat, that scared <laughs> her. And you know what? She wouldn't swim or go water skiing out here in the river for over a year. <laughs> I just sit there and do that. Do, do. Do, do, background and she's, like, and she's going shut up <laughs> yeah. to piggyback on that when I went to Universal Studios Hollywood in California they have a Jaws uh, the Jaws movie set yeah. I peed my pants I peed my pants oh lord okay. remember Frank's taking notes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so well, if anything just, happens you, know, you have been forewarned Yes, sir. <laughs> Things that I've been in the outdoors doing stuff, whether it was working on farm or whatever, all my life, and then fires and all kinds of crazy things. And I don't have a fear of them, but during a hunt, I'm set up with a friend of mine, and we're wild turkey hunting. We're calling. We've got. 150 yards out on the edge of the field. We're back into the timber. I've got a big tom coming in to call, and I'm about 15 feet back in the timber. Paul is over to my hard right out there, and I hear a, a twig snap. I've been watching this bird doing some calling. We were, you know, being patient, trying to get him to come in. And just beyond that, right there, is a big skunk. And he's walking towards me, dead towards me. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, this oh. could end badly. Yeah, and it could. And he stopped. And, he, you know, he's looking. They have terrible eyesight. But he's looking dead at me. And I'm like, you know, what do you do with a situation like this? I don't want to get sprayed. I sat there. I literally, I'm holding my breath. And I could hear Paul laughing because he's seeing the whole thing from the side view and it seemed like i held my breath till i was about to pass out and the skunk decides to run by me and he's within three feet of me there and i still froze i turned to the right a little bit look and he's got his tail up three feet behind me and i'm like oh man <laughs> I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, this is going to be bad. Right. This is going to so He suck. dropped his tail and walked away, and I went, oh, man. 
I waited a little bit, and right. I looked over That's the when you go, thank you, Lord. And the bird we were trying to call in, and I said, whoa, that was close. And he said, I was laughing so hard I was in tears. You And I told him, you were not helping. <laughs> he said, what if it escorted you? I said, I had a dough for you and roll on you like a dog. So right, I'm not taking that on my own. That's one of the creatures in the forest that even the big cats won't bother. Yep. So those are, that's a scare, you know. And there's different types of scares and things that scare you to no end, Shelly. So it's just life. Right. That's the way it goes sometimes. Yes, it is. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, you you may you may uh, you may be able to see the humor in this. Uh, I'm sure some of the people that particular evening did not. Uh, and and this will remind you a little bit of that uh, paramedic that that the uh, clown wreck was the the first night that he was out on a scene with you, and you said, "Welcome to Cordova." Yeah. True story, my wife knew a guy, or I guess apparently there had been a uh, a very bad accident. Oh. And, you know, EMTs arrive on the scene, cops arrive on the scene, and apparently this guy's pronounced dead at the scene. They put him in a body bag, and they're waiting, you know, for the coroner or whatever. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy comes to and tries to sit up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I imagine there were a couple of people on scene that may have had to change their pants. Uh... Yeah, that was that would scare you all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, I I should have I should have called in and and mentioned that story." I said, "Well, you could have, you know." Yeah, and it's but... funny. Like people don't scare me. Serial killers don't scare me. Blood and guts in real life they do not scare me. Something I visually see on TV. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> well, hey, that's the way it goes, you know. Some people can't stand clowns. Some people are scared to death of lawyers. You know, every, everybody has their own uh, cross to bear. Phobias. You have phobias. Yeah. And it may be different for different people, but... They're all there. Yeah, Frank, I have too. Frank says he's seen Narcan bring the dead back. Right. Yeah, I've I've seen a few people that, uh, you know, they they're well. If they don't, they should count their lucky stars that there is such a thing as Narcan. Unfortunately. Yep. It's it's uh, it's a real issue. When are you guys announcing your contest winner? Sunday. Sunday. On Sunday? 
Very cool. Yep. We have a gentleman that is a paranormal investigator going to listen to the stories and make the picks. Oh, I contemplated going back and listening to the broadcast from the other night. But it but might I, scare you. I, I don't think I should. <laughs> There's idea. a couple of them that would make you stop and think. There's several, actually. Very, very yeah. good ones. Yeah, it's it's going to be some... It's going to be and, some... Uh, I've, 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 uh, I've, I'm re- I'll rely on Dawn. She's going to listen tomorrow at work and then let me know if I can or I can't. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, next, next on Sunday, the next show, you should be listening in. I, I've known this gentleman... He metal detects. He started detecting kind of through me and and stuff like that. And he's got he's really big paranormalist, okay, and big enough to be noticed and on a TV series and that kind of stuff. He's good at his at what he does. Craft. He does at his haunting hunting. <laughs> Witchcraft. <laughs> and uh, he he's a cool character and. Uh, You'll enjoy the show. I'm sure I will when I'll be there. I'm going to sign off and let you guys uh, no party on without me. All right. I thought I'd just let you all know. Well, don't, go. don't get too scared. Keep the lights on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great night. Thanks. Thanks you too. People. Thanks, Shelly. Bye-bye. So we've got uh, Shelly and and her bathroom incident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that happens, right? It, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. It, it, you know, it, it's not like you can uh, plan when these scary things may happen. Because if you could, they probably wouldn't be near as impactful or scary or spooky at the time. Right. Because you planned it. You knew what was going to happen. That's right. Well, so we've had some really good entries. Let's see how it all weathers out. And uh, there's a couple that I'm sure he would like to investigate. That's I've been thinking that in the back of my head too. There's a few of these uh-huh. that if he heard about, yeah. he might be going, "Hmm, where was this again?" Yep, yeah. and you know, being in Illinois with a couple, you know, he may. T- uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it would not surprise me. I mean, he has been over the country hunting, uh, hauntings. Yes, <laughs> yes, he has. And he's captured some stuff on tape and that that make you stop and think and what you see and it's kind of cool. Yep. So I would say that that concludes our competition and we'll have to see who wins. Oh boy. Yep. But thanks everybody for calling. No matter what the story, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And remember, first place gets their choice of a one-ounce silver piece and Mm -hmm. a pair of Garrett digging gloves, if I remember correctly. Garrett, yep. And second place gets gets a Halloween-themed copper round. Right. So, 
It's uh, a lot of fun. We'll have to see what. For some uh, good listening, so Shelly, yeah. don't worry about it. There's nobody going to be scaring you on the TV tonight. I don't think. Right. <laughs> Unless, of course, Rutgers is getting badly beaten. Oh, don't, but... oh man, don't don't bring that up. <laughs> yeah, that'll no, be no, scary no. enough for. Her. <laughs> well. Oh, uh, like Lord. like we said though, won't won't scare you. Notice he said won't scare you bad, but he didn't say won't scare you much. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Oh well, it it has. Yeah. It's it's been some some good stories. Looking forward to Sunday and and seeing if we can uh, conclude the competition and and hear some good stories from the guests too. Yep. So, anyway, I'll get out of here, sir. Thanks for having me on. This has been fun. Thanks for all the contributors. We'll find out who the winner is Sunday. That's right. So, got to listen in for Sunday, folks. I'm sure there'll be some good ghost stories Sunday. Mm, Yeah, I think so. I think he'll throw one or two at us. Yeah, I'm sure if if we ask him really nice, he might really share nice. one or two. All righty. Have a good night, Josh. Thanks. You too, Chuck. Bye-bye. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that. All right. So, just because people were mentioning it uh, Sunday, I wouldn't normally do this because we we did already do this uh, a while back. And this one is not in the contest. It is not part of the competition. But I will go ahead and share this story one more time for the folks that were talking about it Sunday. What we call Five Mile Holla is situated along Mayshack Creek in Monroe County, Kentucky, where I live. This creek was named by early settlers when Richard Skaggs had a son by the name Meshach that was tragically killed, scalped, and tied to a tree by Indians along the creek. Richard and his wife Elizabeth had uh, 14 children, and he named three of the boys after the friends of Daniel in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Five Mile Hollow is really an exceptionally quiet spot so much so that people that come there that don't live in the area notice the lack of modern sounds of cars or planes or any sounds really associated with the industrial world. But it's also known as a place where the dead do not rest. In addition to the tragic death of Meshack Skaggs, years later a teenage girl mysteriously died in this hollow on her birthday at the same general location where Meshack Skaggs body was found tied to a tree. Dr. Linwood Montell of Western Kentucky University in his book, Ghost Along the Cumberland, records the story of this girl's reappearance a year after her death. As the story goes, following a community dance, there were a couple of boys that danced with a girl at the dance and then agreed to walk her home. She lived in Five Mile Hollow. The air was cold and chilly that night, and so one of the boys loaned her his coat. 
When they approached the lane that led to her house, the boy told her, said, just keep the coat. I'll come back and get it tomorrow. So the next day he went back and he knocked on the door and he was greeted by an older lady and he told her the story of the night before. Said, uh, you know, we met your daughter at the dance and danced with her and we were walking home and she was cold and I loaned her my coat. Well, as he finished his story, she screamed out, is this some kind of cruel joke? And he, you know, he didn't know what she was talking about. And the lady said, my daughter died a year ago yesterday. And the boy pleaded his case. He said, no, we danced with her last night. We walked her home. She borrowed my coat. And the woman in tears pointed up the road toward the graveyard, which really is about a mile away, I guess. And she said, go and look at her headstone for yourself. So the boy went to the graveyard and approaching the graveyard, he seen his coat on her headstone. This story gained notoriety in 1965 in a hit song by Dickie Lee called Laurie, Strange Things Happen. And you can pull that up on the internet and listen to that song. You know, for years, people who have walked through this hollow or who have rode a horse through Five Mile Hollow have reported being touched by someone at the spot where this girl and Meshach Skaggs met their untimely deaths. Some people even claim when they ride a horse through there that they can feel someone get on behind them. I do a lot of detecting in Five Mile Hollow, and I've taken visitors that come to detect with me to this area. I never tell them the story about this place. Two years ago, Joe Davidson and J.L. Digger came to Kentucky to hunt with me. J.L. Digger and I were hunting at the base of a hill, and Joe was at the top of the hill. There's nothing on this, the top of the hill. Now, there are woods around it, but Joe was hunting in a, uh, a bare spot on top of this hill. We'd been hunting probably about 30 minutes, and Joe came running down the hill. He was white as a ghost. His eyes were as big as saucers. And he said, somebody touched me on the shoulder, said, I thought it was one of y'all. And I, I turned around to look and he said, I didn't see anyone. He said, it's not like a limb or anything. It was multiple touches on my shoulder, hard. And uh, he was adamant about it. I didn't tell him the complete story, but I did say, well, there are stories about things that have happened in this holler. And then a few weeks ago, Mike Darnell of Oak Ridge, Tennessee, came to hunt with me, and we hunted close to Five Mile Hollow. At the end of the day, we drove back through the area, and we reached a spot on the road that is about a 300-yard stretch where the road forces you to drive in Mayshack Creek itself. As we approached the spot and started to get into to drive into the creek, well, Mike just screamed out. He said, stop. He said, I had a dream about this very place. He'd never been there. He'd never seen it. And I never told Mike any of the stories prior to that. But I did tell him, as I told Joe, I said, there are strange things that have been reported in this holler. So are there ghosts in Five Mile Holler? I don't know. However, I do agree with the title of the song, Strange Things Happen, Even Unexplained Things in Five Mile Holler. Boo!
See you Sunday.